Welcome to the John Chapman Show, where we talk about the path of a wealthy millennial, uncovering the truth about building and protecting your nest egg. Join us on this journey as we hear the stories of millennials and mentors alike to help you plan, manage, and protect your wealth. John is an employee of WorthPoint LLC. All opinions expressed by John and podcast guests are solely their own opinion and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of WorthPoint. This podcast should not be relied upon for investment decisions and is for informational purposes only. Hey, hey, everyone. John Chapman, financial planner at WorthPoint Wealth Management. I'm joined by our CEO and founder, Christopher Van Slyke. Christopher, today we're going to talk about the question of what should people be doing if they sold out at the end of March? And just some crazy statistics. Uh, the last two weeks of March saw over $100 billion in combined outflows from mutual funds and ETFs, which tells us that more than just a few people sold out of their 401ks, their IRAs, their brokerage accounts. I had a sneaking suspicion that might have happened. And then subsequently, just out of maybe random chance, who knows, from March 23rd till April 9th, in just 14 trading days, the S&P 500 was up almost 28% in that amount of time. And of course, we can't extract this out into the future and we don't know if it's going to go back down. I get all that. But Christopher, why don't you give us a game plan or some action steps if someone out there has sold out of the 401k and now they're looking at their screen thinking, how the heck do I get back in? I have heard this question before over my 20-year career, and I think the way I would approach this with a client or anybody that asks me is, um, the past is the past. Water under the bridge. And you've got to put your regrets about this decision, which turned out at this point not to be a good one. Uh, you got to put it behind you and focus on the future. As, as I've been known to say, it's always a good day to take smart risk. So my recommendation would be block out the past, leave it behind you, focus on your long-term goals. You might need to reset your, your risk tolerance. You, know, you might have freaked out because you had too much market exposure in your overall portfolio. So if you were all stock, maybe that's not the right uh, strategy for you going forward. Choose an amount of stocks in your portfolio versus bonds that leaves you with an amount of downside potential um, that you can take. Let's say 38% right near the bottom scared you and you bailed. How much could you have taken? Were, were you okay at 18%? If so, your portfolio should be half stock and half bond. Right? It should look more like that because that would have allowed you to stay in there. Now, unfortunately, a lot of us it's hard for us to gauge what our real risk tolerance is until an actual event like this happens. So perhaps you need to re-gauge your risk tolerance, but determine what it should be and then get back in because it's always a good time to take smart risk. Focus on that goal of retirement or college that's way down the line. Get back in the market. People are going to ask, you know, should I dollar cost average or should I go right in? Mathematically, you're better off putting your money in immediately to an allocation that you can hold for the rest of your life, basically. Something that's suitable to your risk tolerance, mathematically. But we're dealing with human beings here, and this is about behavioral analysis. And so how are you going to react if you put it in and we have another blip? You know, so if, if you think that might cause you to back out again, then doing something like dollar cost averaging over six months might be a better way for you to move your money back into the market. If you have sold 
And now you're thinking about the game plan going forward before doing anything. It's really important, especially to get with your advisor. If you don't have one, you need to find one or contact us. And it's understanding your true risk tolerance because when times are good, it's extremely difficult to really look at your portfolio and think if I've got $500,000 in my 401k, at what point to the downside am I really feeling pain? At what point can I actually not sleep at night? At what point is my wife going to absolutely strangle me if we lose any more? And, and that's really where you need to gauge and then back out of that, your ratio of stock and bonds. You really don't even get to that point. You, you want a portfolio that doesn't even really get there mm. because that puts you at risk for doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. You, you, we don't know exactly whether that's 18% or minus 24%, but anywhere where panic is ensuing, you, you really you don't want to put yourself in that position because if there are some other things happening in your life, like maybe the loss of a job at the same time, then that risk tolerance is going to change even at that moment. So you, you want to, I'd say, be on the conservative side. Stay away from the panic conversation. It should be more of a, yeah, the market's going crazy, but our exposure isn't higher than we can take. We're okay. That's, that's what you want to be saying at the worst moment, in my opinion. You know, everyone wants to be as risky as possible because they're seeing all their buddies make money when it's going up. And so actually having bonds in an up market is excruciating, but you, you need to have it for the time when it's down. Big bear markets I've experienced in the dot-com in 2008 and this one, uh, it, it has been universally true that people overestimated how much risk they could take. So maybe take a guess at what you think it is and then back off. Be conservative because you don't want to find this out at the wrong time. Because as you mentioned, the market went up 28% in three or four days a couple of weeks ago. And for people that had bailed out at any point during that little dip, um, that could be devastating to their long-term outcomes. And so you just don't want to flirt with that. Looking at a chart growth of, of $1,000 over a 30-year period from early 1990s till almost the, the end of 2019. And uh, if you were invested in the, the S&P 500 that entire time, um, you had an average return of a little over 9%. So $1,000 went to $13,000. But if you missed just the 15 best days, you experienced almost a 40% difference in your return. Your $1,000 only went up to a little over $5,000 and you experienced just about a 6% rate of return. So it's really dramatic. And usually those best days happen right after some of the worst days. And so being in and out of the market causes us to potentially miss out on the upside. I, I think people think that stock market returns come sort of smoothly day after day after day. But what you just said is true. They, they, the big days that, that constitute most of your long-term return come in about 5% of the days that you're invested. So Getting out is very risky because if it's any of those 5%, you radically change the outcome. We advocate that people choose a, a diversified strategy and stay in it all the way uh, because we don't want to introduce the risk that you miss some of those five or 10 best days, which then just destroys the whole outcome, which is the whole point of taking the risk in the first place. But what people are doing right now is they're beating themselves up for the decision they made. And that's what they immediately have to just get over it. 
focus on the future. That's the hardest thing, and you're right, that's what your advisor can do for you, to help you frame, always the problem people have with their money is in framing. How do I frame the question, how should I be invested? And you should always frame it, of course, in terms of your long-term goals. Well, how do people frame it though? In terms of their short-term fear. So you have to get away from that. So your, your advisor can say, hey, wait a minute. First of all, there's nothing we can do about that. But second of all, you still have a lot of time to get to where you need to be with your money. So let's get back on the horse and start riding again, perhaps with an adjusted um, asset allocation. That's it. Christopher, we appreciate your time and expertise. Thanks for joining us. And we're looking forward to seeing you again soon. Thanks for tuning in to The John Chapman Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. We encourage your questions, comments, and feedback. For additional information, check out thejohnchapmanshow.com or look for John on LinkedIn and Twitter. See you next week.